Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 99 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined, as always, by the ever-elusive, the infamous Mr. Ayaz Sumra. Ayaz, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, Joey. How are you? Very good, my friend. Very good. Right, we're going to dive straight into part one. Part one, of course, being the review part of the show. There's, well, there's there's quite a few bits to go over, to be honest. So we're going to get down to it real quickly. We're going to start with the York Hall card that took place on Friday. Now, I was there in attendance. It was another, you know, another JD Next Gen kind of kind of card. It was it was all prospects against. Um, I won't say journeyman in every single case, like, you know, every single fight, but mainly we were seeing a lot of journeymen in there. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna start with Joe Caldina. Joe Caldina, 3-0. He stepped in against Jamie Spate. Jamie Spate, 15-12, and 12, obviously. We see Jamie Spate recently take on Reese Bellotti. Now, when Jamie Spate took on Reese Bellotti, he showed his grit. He's very tough, Jamie Spate. I know that he wanted to, you know, fight on the big stage for quite a while. He got on Sky against Reese Bellotti. He was very happy about that. I remember being there for that as well. And um, he lost by TKO in round eight. And I really rate Bellotti, you know. I think that's a, uh, you know, that was a good win. Um, a title was on the line there as well, but this time against Joe Caldina. Joe Caldina got Jamie Spate out in round one. Real, real shocking stuff. Brilliant win there. Um, you know, Joe Caldina's shot selection was brilliant. Great uppercuts right underneath the guard. Great display. And as I say, when you compare that to the stoppage that Bellotti got over Spate, and don't get me wrong, Spate took a proper hiding against Bellotti, but this one was quick and very, very much businessman-like from Caldina. So it was good to see him get that win there. Um, also on the bill, Connor Ben 7-0 took on Kane Baker 4-0. Two undefeated guys there. Connor Ben showed up, as I've said before. Connor Ben, he's you know he's really impressed me recently. Um, you know, I think he's improved. He's come on. He's come on loads, like heaps and bounds. Um, yeah, Connor Ben. You know, his opponent did did okay in the first round. Yet again, Connor Connor showed us some crazy elusive skills that have just come out of nowhere. As I said, very you know very improved. Um, you know, he was ducking and rolling shots pretty easily. Really improved since last year. I, I think he's you know the most improved fighter pretty much in Britain. Um, that might be a stretch, but I think off the top of my head, he's been really impressive lately. Um, he should have got a knockdown, actually. I think it was in the first round, because he hit the guy, and the guy fell onto the ropes, but he would have gone down if the rope wasn't there, so that should have been counted as a knockdown, but um, you know the guy was lucky to escape with the 10-9 round. And then, of course, in the second round, when they came out for the second round, Conor Ben picked up the TKO. So a good win for him there in the second round of six. He didn't need those rounds. Quick work there for Conor Ben and Caldina. Also on the bill, Ted Cheeseman. His record 9-0 and going in. 
We were told he was going to be fighting at English kind of level now from Eddie Hearn, but it wasn't to be in this one. He took on Francesco Lezzi, who had a record of 9-8 and eight with one draw. Um, this was a funny fight. This was a funny fight. Now, Ted Cheeseman, he, he, you know, he got in there. His opponent, literally, and I'm not even joking, I ask, he threw two punches the whole fight. And I really mean that. I'm not joking. I'm not saying, no, you know, he threw a low amount, so I'm going to say two. He literally, I counted him, he literally threw two punches the whole fight. It was just tucking up. He was just, you know, he wasn't really getting like, you know, like bashed up kind of thing. He wasn't getting dropped and stuff like that. But he just looked absolutely terrible. He was the worst opponent I've ever seen in my whole life, live anyway. Um, you know, he was a complete, complete punch bag. And... The fact, and you've kind of got to highlight this, the fact that Cheeseman couldn't stop him almost looked bad. Um, you know, but I do want to say, looking at the guy's record, as I said there, he's, you know, he's, he's got nine, his record's nine and eight, he's got a winning record. But of those eight losses, he'd only been stopped once, and it was against a guy who wasn't really of note. So, you know, perhaps he, you know, he's quite durable, he's quite a tough guy. But anyway, he, you know, he looked terrible, he didn't throw, he was a complete punching bag, and he ended up moaning to the referee. Literally, every 30 seconds, he was saying something or other to the referee, and there was a language barrier, so no one quite knew what he was talking about. And in the third round, he basically got told off, because the referee kept saying to him, listen, you've got to throw punches, you've got to throw punches, it's one-sided, you've got to throw punches here. And he ended up shoving the referee in the third round and that was unbelievable he just literally went up to the ref shoved the ref like proper shove as well and the referee just threw him out disqualified him right there and his corner man went absolutely mad ended up being told off by the security he didn't even speak a word of english so no one knew what he was saying either some some crazy gestures to some women ringside as well um, you know, it was a proper bit of York Hall action. You can't expect nothing less. There's always something like this going down at York Hall, which makes it what it is. Moving down that card, Felix Cash, 5-0 going in. He took on a guy called Fernando Heredia. Um, I think I think Heredia was Spanish. He was 3-1. Felix Cash knocked him out in the very first round. Um, that was a really good performance from Felix Cash. To be completely honest, though, I think... I saw him um, being interviewed after the fight. I was backstage. I was backstage with him and a reporter. And, um, you know, he was saying that really and truly he felt a little bit rusty because he'd been out the ring for a little while. I think it was only about seven months or something. But it's still, I suppose it's still, you know, a decent amount of time. But, yeah, Felix Cash got in there and he got a, like, a bloody nose. And as I say, the fight only went, you know, it didn't even go around. He got his man out there within that first round. But he got a bloody nose in that time and he took a few punches. So, um, yeah, he looked he looked quite a quite a sort of tough first round. Um, you know, a good bit of action going back and forth. But, you know, Felix Cash prevailed. Very good shot selection. And he just did what he had to do and it was a good knockout there. Also on that bill as well, um, Jake Ball, his record 9-1, and one, he took on Joe Sheriff 11-0, and oh, it was some kind of eliminator for the English title, um, Jake Ball had his man down 
twice in the second round. We will be speaking to Jake Ball very shortly, so I'm going to leave it um, and discuss it with him when he gets on. But yeah, his record now 10-1. and one. It went all the way to points, and he won over those 10 rounds. So a good points win there for Jake Ball. A very good learning fight also. Um, also on the bill, Lawrence Okoli. Now, what I've got to say about him, his opponent was very rugged. Um, his opponent was from Cameroon. He was repeatedly told off for next to nothing by the referee. And it was the same referee that got pushed. I think he was in a bad mood. So he kept telling off this guy. And I can't remember the, the referee's name. But, you know, I've seen him a few times now. And I don't think he's a great referee. But anyway, Akoli looked a little bit wild. A little bit desperate in the first round. Again, he's trying to search for that first round knockout. Because every fight of his has, has only lasted a round so far. Um, you know, his opponent was giving giving up loads of reach he, he was he was a much shorter guy um with frame and also also with his arm length and stuff and he wasn't throwing much Akoli was tying him up as well when they got close so uh you know the referee kept kept letting him do that the referee wasn't letting them work on the inside much at all i think that's where the strong points were for the cameroonian fighter um, Akoli was blowing quite hard in the third round i will say and it'll be interesting to see what Akoli's like if you know if he goes eight rounds or, or something like that with somebody that can take him late. His opponent went down, however, in the fourth round. Um, but no, he was very strong. This guy he was very strong. He, you know, he kept turning Akoli despite being the clearly smaller man, but he didn't really have any power in his punches. What I will say is Michael Buffer turned up during the Akoli fight. He just walked, you know, he walked to the ringside. I was I was shocked to see him because he did the fight on the on the last weekend, didn't he, Michael Buffer? And um, he flown into to London. I think he's shooting some kind of new film. So he walked in with the security all around him, and he also had actor and and Irishman Colin Farrell he was with him so they went and took a seat on ringside in the fifth round nothing happened really nothing happened really in the sixth round either but Akoli won the fight really you know he should have won every round it was an under impressive fight but I won't be too hard on him you know he's he stopped everybody in the first round so far up to this point hasn't really had to go to rounds it was the first time he's done the rounds and you know he went the full six and he understands as well. He went on Twitter straight after the fight, really, and said it was a tough learning fight, and it was what it was. So credit to Akoli, and, you know, this is, as I say, this will be a lesson there, and he would have learned a lot more from that than he has done in his previous fights, where he's just been knocking people over pretty quickly, pretty easily. So um, all the very best to Lawrence Akoli moving forward. His record now 5-0. and Um... His opponent, by the way, had a record of 3-3, three and three, now 3-4. Three and four. Also on the bill, Josh Buatzi, his record 1-0. It was his second fight, and he was also headlining, so that was pretty special for him. He got the TKO in round 5 against Batiste Castanago. Um, it was something like that, anyway. His record was 8-12 and 12 going in, but he was very tough, and he came in on very short notice as well. I'm not quite sure how short the notice was, but he came in as a late replacement, and he gave Buatzi a decent fight, I've really got to say. For those few rounds, the first few rounds, he was... Um, I'm talking about Buatzi. He was loading up on his shots too much. He was trying to get the, you know, the stoppage early. He was swinging, he was he was missing wildly, but the guy was very, very game. You know, he wasn't in the best shape, and the body shots, they ended up being accumulative. Vice the whole fight, but yeah, ultimately, Buatzi came through, he got the TKO in round five. It was only scheduled for six, so there was the fright that it may have gone points, but another knockout there for... 
Josh Boatsy, two in a row now. Very pleased for him. Also on the bill, we're going to try and go through this a little bit quicker now. Danny Dignam, he moved to 4-0 with a points win over four rounds. His opponent wasn't offering much. His opponent's record was 5-49. and It's now 5-50. and He's also got one draw. Also, I will mention William Weber. He moved to 1-0. It was his pro debut. He got a win over Peacock Jim's very own Sonny Whiting, whose now record is... Five wins, 22 losses, and two draws. So a bit of a journeyman there, but impressive stuff from William Weber. He came out, he was in the Southpaw stance. He looked very good. If I'm not mistaken, he might have even been the first fight on. Um, but yeah, that's it for York Hall. That's it for the Mecca of Boxing. Let's move over now, and let's do this a little bit quicker. Let's go over to Leeds United FC. There was one fight over there. Um, the pro debut of former... Uh, former Team GB star Jack Bateson, he made his debut. He picked up a TKO in round one against a guy who was 6-1. and one. He was, um, well, I don't want to call him a journeyman, but his name's Zasalt Sarkozy. I think I may have even seen him before. But um, yeah, that's a you know that's a decent fight to be in there with someone who's six and one on your pro debut. That's nice stuff, and also to get the TKO in round one, that's very impressive stuff there. That's it for Leeds FC. Moving over now to Mexico. This was a funny one from last weekend. It wasn't too funny actually when I tell you about it. Antonio Margarito, forty and eight, stepped in the ring against Carson Jones, forty and eleven, with three draws. Both men have had better days, especially Antonio Margarito. Now Carson Jones was deducted a point in round five for leading with his head and many people that have watched this fight believe that the referee was being very harsh on him they believe that the officials were all kind of ganging up on Carson Jones you know to favor the home fighter in Margarito now Margarito by all accounts did okay early but during the later parts of the fight from about round five sort of maybe even round four Carson Jones was dominating was taking over and apparently it looked like Antonio Margarito was not going to be able to last the full distance the full 10 rounds and where they had clashed heads and I think it was an accidental head clash that they had there was a small cut that had opened on Margarito's right eyelid and apparently the cut wasn't even that bad and when the fight seemed to be, you know, the the the, uh, the tables had kind of turned and Carson Jones was winning the fight and he looked like he was going to be perhaps even going to be able to stop Antonio Margarito, that's when, at the end of round seven, Margarito went back to his corner and the referee or the ringside doctor, I think it was actually to be specific, he looked at the eye and went, actually... He can't carry on with this. It needs to go to the cards. So it went to the cards for a technical decision, which ended up happening in round seven, which is very late for a technical decision. I'm not even sure that's too legal, to be completely honest. And um, at the time of the stoppage, Antonio Margarito was winning on the cards. So people are absolutely shocked at this. This was terrible officiating by all accounts. And also people saying that the judges, all three judges had Margarito up at the time of the stoppage. People are absolutely livid with that. And at the time, it was so unclear what was going on that Carson Jones was actually celebrating in his corner. And then he got told, no, it's going to the cards and you've lost. So um, very gutted for Carson Jones. He's, you know, he's a guy that's always on the road. Um, sometimes he pulls off the win, sometimes he doesn't. But he deserved it here by all accounts. His record now 40-12 and 12 with three draws. That's after 55 pro contests. And Margarito now 41-8. and eight, And he's going to be eyeing up that Miguel Cotto fight, which nobody wants to see. Um, that's it for Mexico. Moving over now to... We're going to go over to Doncaster Dome now. 
one or two fights to mention on this build. Jordan Gill, he's being trained by Dave Caldwell at the moment. Um, he picked up a TKO in round two against Jordan Ellison. Jordan Ellison, 7-11, and 11, now 7-12. and 12, And Jordan Gill now moves to 17-0. and 0. Ellison was down twice in the first round and also once in the second where it was called a halt. Um, also on that bill as well, the return of Curtis Woodhouse from three years out the ring. His record 22-7, and 7, now 23-7 and 7 inside 30 fights. It was a points win for him against Arvidash Trisno, who, if I'm not mistaken, also took John Wayne Hibbert points as well. So, tough guy. He's got 68 losses on his record now, only 25 wins. And Curtis Woodhouse banks those six rounds there, so he'll be pleased about that, I'm sure. That's it for Doncaster Dunn. We're now going to move over to the final bill of the reviewing part of the show. It happened over in the Mountaineer Casino Ballroom in New Cumberland, West Virginia, USA. One fight to mention really on this bill. Bobby Gunn Jr. moved to 9-0. He picked up a TKO in round two. It was scheduled for 10 rounds. Um, he got a win over Mike Miranda, whose record is 44-6. and So that's a huge record for just your ninth contest there, Bobby Gunn Jr., and he also picked up the vacant WBC Fecker Box Super Middleweight title and also the vacant WBA Feder Latin Super Middleweight title. So two belts there going home with Bobby Gunn Jr. And that's really it for the review. And we've tried to go through that a bit quick. My apologies if I um, if I longed out the, the next-gen show a little bit too much for your liking. Right, it's now time to welcome a man that was part of that show, of course. It's now time to welcome guest number one. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the light heavyweight prospect and soon-to-be challenger for the English title, Mr. Jake Ball. Jake, welcome to the show. How you doing, mate? All good, my friend. Yourself? Yeah, very good, very good. Excellent, man, excellent. So, Jake, of course, you fought last Friday at York Hall against Joe Sheriff. Now, he was 11-0 and going in, and I was sat there ringside, and every time I go to York Hall, there's always a great fight on the bill. It doesn't matter who's on the card, there's always a great fight. If your fight wasn't fight of the night, it certainly had the round of the night for sure. Let's analyse that second round. Now, you, you obviously put your man down twice in the second round. When you had him hurt, you went in for the finish, and we've seen time and time again that you do know how to finish guys properly but I've got to admit when you were throwing everything at him and he seemed to not really be going anywhere I was a little bit worried because I was feeling that you know sometimes um, you know it yourself as well you get a little bit reckless and it can lead to being countered how would you assess that second round from your point of view Jake? Yeah well obviously um, after the first knockdown um, to be honest you, after the second knockdown I thought the referee stopped it because um I don't know if it's legal, but like I, I, I was in mid throw, I was, I was throwing my shots at, at Sheriff, and the referee sort of pulled me off him. And as the referee pulled me off, he sort of waved it off to me. That, that's the reason why, if you see the video, like I, I sort of jumped around, sat screaming, sat screaming, before the referee stopped it. And then um, as I turned around, I saw he was giving the count. So I don't know why the referee, the referee sort of pulled me off to, to give him a count. So I, I don't really know if he was, if he could do that. But um, yeah, but after that, this is. Fair play to Sheriff. He's, he's a very, very tough fella. Um, like he's done all, he's done all, he's done all he could to try and not lose his own. But um, yeah, like, um, massive respect for him for obviously getting through that round and then obviously finishing the fight strong. Yeah, and um, as you say there, what I think happened, I mean, obviously, I watched it from the ringside, I come back home, I watched it, I had it taped, um, I re-watched that second round, and it, it seemed to me that he kind of took a knee a little bit in on that second knockdown, that was really why the referee kind of came in to uh, 
you know, to, to, to sort of pull you off him, so to speak. That's what, it, that's what it looked like from my point of view. But anyway, in that second round, the first shot that you put him down with was a body shot. And I was that's sitting right. next to this random guy, and this random guy kept saying, all fight to me, kept saying to me, why isn't Jake going back to the body? So my question is, how come you neglected his body for quite a while? But we will give, we will give Sheriff credit. He was tucking his elbows in quite cleverly as well at times. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah, well, as you know, obviously the first shot I caught him was was a backhand to the body, and um, like I tried to land that shot numerous times after, but obviously where he's got a low lead down, I was catching him a lot on the elbow and on, and on the arm, and um, and obviously after this, after the second round, um, I, I was trying to work the lead down. Like I, I was dropping a couple of times and trying to sink a lead up cut, but literally I busted my hand. Like my hand's the size of a balloon at the moment. Um. I busted it after the second round. Um, in the second round, so I even even when I, I was able to throw a body shot with my lead, and I I couldn't put no no sort of no sort of venom or, or no sort of power into it because literally the pain in my hand was was unbearable. So um, yeah, yes, yeah, really, all from the second round onwards, my lead hand was really just really a range finder and sort of just tipping him just just to keep him at bay to know where he was, and I was just trying 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 to find a, a backhand with it really yeah yeah I know I've seen the picture and uh, you know your your hand does look pretty swollen there Um, but no I've got to be honest I hadn't really heard too much of Joe Sheriff before the fight and he turned out to be very very tough no me neither yeah Yeah. me neither credit where credit's due listen here he's living and oh he he was ranked above me so in the end they he was the 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 main fight I comment that I was in the that's how how I how I looked at it. Um, he was eleven and 0. I, 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 I was nine and one. So in my eyes, he, he was he was top fighter. I was in the going into the fight. Um, but um, obviously, I knew myself that my boxing ability, my skill, my speed, and my power was going to be too much for him, and it showed off that it was. And obviously, in that second round, nobody would have said that it would have gone the distance from there. The furthest your fights had been to at that point, um, the furthest you'd been was six rounds in a pro ring. Um, obviously, you went the right. full ten. Surely, this was the toughest fight of your career thus far. Jay. No, hundred percent. Well, the thing is, like, obviously, um, it's hard to say. If my hand didn't go in the second round, I, I said, I said, I said to my, to my coach and my trainer, like, personally, I think I, I, I could have gotten out of it, but. I think it was a good thing. Like Jim Max to me, he said it's probably a good thing that you did hurt your hand because it made you box more smartly for, for the remaining eight rounds, and, and plus it's a bonus for you to get a good, a good tough, fast eight round, um, ten rounds in. So, so basically, it's another box ticked in the experience. Obviously, you you had to go through diversity. Obviously, with your hand, so you had to change your game plan um, mid mid fight. So he said, he said all them little things he said is all experience leading up to, to obviously um, the bigger fight. So um, so yeah, so obviously I, I'm a, I'm actually I'm over the moon. I've got a good ten rounds. He's a good solid opponent in Joe Sheriff, and um, got got the win. That's all that matters. And now on to the title. Absolutely. And- 
Jimski's right there as well. Um, something that, that kind of surprised me really was the scorecard. I thought that it was a bit of a wild one. It didn't make too much sense to me. Um, when yeah, I worked it mad. out, when I worked it out how Jeff Hines scored the fight, aside from the 10-7 double knockdown round in round two, the other nine rounds, he scored three to you, three to Sheriff, and three 10-10 rounds. That's the only way Matthew Yeah, absolutely, absolutely mad. Um, yeah, let's hear Joe Sheriff doing very, very well. But myself, personally, um, I'd probably give Joe f- p- me three rounds. Um, that's... That's uh, I've, I've watched the fight back three or four times now, and um and that's sort of ha- how I see it. So um I, I don't know how Jeffine's got 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 that score, but it's, it is what it is. I've got the win. That's what I'm at. So yeah, on to the next one. And that fight, as we all know, it was it was an you know it was an eliminator for the English title, right? That's right. So the current champion right now is Joel McIntyre. He defends that belt this weekend against Liam Conroy. So will you be fighting the winner of that fight next? Well, most definitely. Well, I, I, I'm obviously I'm going to be chatting ready, and then uh, as soon as um, that fight happens, whoever wins the fight, that's who I want. And do you believe that will be you know next? Like like you won't have a fight in in between, or do you reckon it will be next for you? No, well, let's say, well, until that fight happens and, and it's out of the way, and, and obviously we know what the situation is, it's hard to say. But obviously, the next fight I want is English title. So, so if it means fighting the champion, well, whoever wins it, whoever wins that fight, or if they vacate it, and I've got a fight for a vacant belt against someone else. Um, so be it. But my next fight, um, ideally, I want to fight for the English title. And obviously, as you said there, and, and you're right when you say that, we don't know what's going to happen this weekend between those two guys. But ideally, when would you be ready for that fight? No, I'll be ready. Um, probably, let's hit November, December, I'll probably be looking to get out again. So, any time then. Wicked, wicked. Okay, not too soon then. So, before the year closes out for sure. Oh, uh, uh, definitely, definitely, definitely this year, 100%. Okay, wicked, wicked. Now, just before I let you go, I just really wanted to um, throw this one at you. I want to throw a few light heavyweight names at you domestically, Jake. Do you know most of the top domestic boys in your weight class? Yeah, well, obviously, uh, I think any fighter in Britain keeps an eye out on likes of all the, all the boys in their own weight category, so yeah. I want to throw these five names at you. If you can, just rank these these five, if you can, from one through to five. I haven't included yourself in here. But, um, yeah, so basically, like, from, from best to worst. Not necessarily worst, but you know what I mean. I want to throw at you Anthony Yard, Frank Buglioni, Callum Johnson, Bob Agisaf, and Dex Spellman. Where would you score those three, or, or those five, from one to five? Um, I'll probably have Dex Spellman at number five. Yeah, I think that's fair. Followed by Yarde. Okay. Um, see, Bob Axel is a funny one because he, he, he's been very inactive for a long time. Yeah. But um, even though he's awkward and, he's, and, and, and he's, he's not bad, um, so I'll probably put him... It'd probably be a tie between him and him and Cameron Johnson. Or no, actually, I don't like that. I'll put Cameron Johnson number three and then put Bob Axel and then Frank Bruggeloni. Or, or actually, it may be the other way around. It could be Brooklyn and then Agstaff. Because it's because of Agstaff's inactivity. 
Yeah. Where he's been very, you know, like you've been missing a great deal for, for quite a while. No, that's a, I think that's I think that's pretty fair. Seeing uh, you know Frank obviously being the uh, the British champ at the moment as well. No, um, definitely. So just before I let you go, Jake, really, um, I'm out of questions. If there's anything you want to say at all to the listeners, do it. Yeah, no, listen. I just want to give a shout out, obviously, to, to everyone who, who, who sends me good luck messages, well done messages, come to support me, buy tickets, watch us live. Um, listen, I've got the greatest supporters. In boxing, and without them, obviously they drive me in and and they help me um, become and train and, and do the best I can. So um, I just want to say thank you to everyone out there who, who supports me and, and who's behind me on the journey to the top. And of course, if you want to follow Jake and become a baller, it's on Twitter at one Jake Ball. That's right, Jake, isn't it? That's right. Twitter and Instagram at one Jake Ball. Excellent, excellent. All right, then, Jake, listen, it's always a pleasure speaking to you, my friend. Congrats once again on the win. We'll look out for what's next for you. And um, until next time, thank you very much. No worries. Thank you again, hey? Cheers, mate. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, the preview part. But before we get into that, we're going to go over to Ayaz, as we always do, with the latest boxing news. Ayaz. Yes. Terence Crawford has vacated his IBF belt. Yes, of course, he's given up his IBF 140 title. I know that the IBF were trying to kind of chomp at him straight away to try and defend that title. Literally, as soon as he won it, they were on to him about having to, you know, to, to fight his mandatory, which was Sergei Lipinets. Um, Sergei Lipinets is 12-0 and with 10 knockouts. He looks pretty good. Apparently, he had a really good amateur career as well. I'm not too, um, not too familiar with that. But, um, yeah, that's what, that's what it is. Um... Yeah, he's given up the belt. I think, really, he's probably going to be going up to 147. I saw him tweet something earlier this week about going up to 147. He might even vacate the other three. We just don't really know at this stage. But, um, yeah, you know, it's... I mean, I wasn't really crazy about the Sergei Lipinets and Terence Crawford fight to begin with, so I'm not too bothered about that. We all know he's the main man at 140. There's no... Uh, there's no one disputing that at all. So, yeah, I'm not too bothered about that. But, of course, we've got to mention it. Is that the only piece of news you've got for us, Ayaz? Yes, that's it. Okay, my friend. Right. Now, sometimes we do the funny name fighter segment. And that's basically where we talk about the fighters that have got funny names that are fighting, you know, this week or just fought last week. Um, I'm not going to make a huge meal out of this one. But there's a few funny name fighters that I saw. I saw a guy that fought in... Um, New Zealand actually just picked up a win over there. It wasn't a guy actually, my bad. It was actually a girl, a girl called Baby Nansen. Um, and also on that same bill, there was a girl who made her debut called Missy Elliott. Okay. And Missy Elliott's opponent took the fight on a 12 hour notice. I've never even, <laughs> I've heard of some, some short notices, but that is bad, man. 12 hour notice for her and she got beat and it was her debut as well. Imagine getting called up on your debut saying, right, you want to make your debut right? You've got 12 hours to prepare your fight in Missy Elliott. Wow. Oh, wow. That's crazy stuff there for New Zealand. Also going over to Tanzania now, a guy over there, he's actually compiled quite a decent record. His record, 17-1 and one going into this fight. He's now 18-1. and one. His name is Good Luck Mremer. Um, I think we've probably mentioned him before, but yeah, Good Luck Mremer is, is going on to some big things by the looks of it. And also, I think it's the, 
the, uh, the, the last one to mention. There's also a guy that fought in South Africa by the name of Lucky Moneybane. I'm sure I've said that name before. His record was 5-1. and one. He got TKO'd in round 11. So we're not happy about that, but that's it. Not too lucky for Lucky Moneybane. Um, but yeah, that's it for the Funny Name Fighter segment. Just a little small bite-sized piece there. Right, moving over to the previewing. This is what this part's all about. We're going to start at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada, USA. A man that we had on the show a couple of weeks ago, David Benavidez, 18-0. and 0. He could become the youngest super middleweight world champion in history. He fights for the vacant WBC world super middleweight title against Ronald Gavril. Ronald Gavril, a man from Romania who simply moved to Las Vegas because his boxing career wasn't really catching light in Romania, despite... You know, being a good fighter, being a good amateur before he turned pro. And he went over to Las Vegas, did a little bit of sparring at the Mayweather gym. And Floyd, you know, he caught Floyd's eye. And Floyd said, hey, we're going to give you a contract. So he signed the contract and he's won many fights since doing that. His record, 18-1. and So both men got 18 wins under their belt. Ronald Gavril with the one loss. Um... You know, David Benavidez, he's only 20 years old, but he's looking very, very special. That stoppage win that he got over Medina, I asked, do you remember the way he stopped Medina was, was a real statement, do you remember? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, wow, that was a, that was a disgusting stoppage. Yeah, that was real brutal. Um, also on this bill, I should mention, um, Caleb Plant, 15-0. and 0, He takes on Alan Camper, 16-3. and 3, That's a 10-rounder. Um, also on the bill as well, a man that was on our show, I think it was last week now, Jay Leon Love. His record 23 and 1. He takes on Abraham Han, who's 26 and 3. I think those guys go back quite a way. Um, this this card is actually well, it's got three different promoters promoting this card. So Leonard Ellaby, of course, from Mayweather Promotions. He's you know he's in the corner of Jay Leon Love. There's a few other guys promoting it. Um, it's going to be on Showtime as well in the US. So yeah, that's a that's a great fight. I really hope David Benavidez can get the job done because you know he, he was a real nice guy, a really good guy. I wish him all the very best. Um, that's it from Las Vegas. Moving over now to the Max Schmeling Hall in Berlin, Germany. One fight or two fights to mention. I think I'm going to start with um, no, just one fight to mention. I think we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to say. Alexander Usyk, 12-0, and 0, takes on Marco Huck, 40-4 with one draw. Marco Huck, of course, a bit of a warrior. Captain Hook, um, of course, former world champion in his own right. Really good, tough guy. Um, right, what can I say about this fight? Obviously, they're kicking off the World Boxing Super Series here. This is going to be the first fight um, across the super middleweight tournament and also the cruiserweight tournament. This one, of course, is the cruiserweight tournament, but the very first fight of the World Boxing Super Series starts this Saturday in Berlin. Alexander Usyk, as we know, of course, really, really good fighter. Obviously, twelve and zero, looking, you know, looking amazing at the moment. Marco Huck, in my honest opinion, he's seen better days. Um, you know, forty and four with one draw. As I said, um, he got he got beaten up pretty bad in his last fight um, against Breedis. That that was quite one-sided. Also, um, Usyk. I mean, he didn't look all the very best completely against against Michael Hunter, but um, you know, aside from that, he's looked very very good. I think this fight is going to points. I think this is a points win for Usyk. I think it's a very wide points win as well. 
I'm going to ask your prediction on it and your opinion on it. So take it away, Ayaz. Well, what can I say? Usyk's a very good fighter, even in his last fight. Um, he performed average, but when it came to the to the end, that's when he got the job done. Like he dropped Mike Hunt in this fight, in that fight. But this is uh, Marco Huck. Obviously, Marco Huck is a very good fighter. Yeah? If I if I'm going to go for a win, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you, Joey. I'm going to go for a Usyk win on points because I go. He's obviously a lot of people are saying he. In my in my opinion, um, he's the he's the favorite in his division to win the tournament as well. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right there. And at, at the at the JD Next Gen show that um, that I was at, as I said earlier in the show, we broke it down. Isaac Chamberlain was, of course, there, and he's just got back from camp with Usyk. And I was talking to him, and I said, you know, what's what was it like? You know, he was in the Ukraine, um, you know, sparring Usyk, and he said literally every sparring session was a complete an out and out war. And I said to him, well, how does he compare to the other guys you've sparred? You know, we all know that Isaac Chamberlain sparred Joshua. He sparred Deontay Wilder, big, hard-hitting heavyweights. And he's only a cruiserweight himself. And he said to me, Usyk is better than all of those guys. And I was kind of saying, like, well, you know, how do you see this fight going with, with Huck? You know, for me, I think Huck... I don't really put Usyk down as the biggest banger. The biggest banger, like the biggest one-punch kind of knockout guy. But Huck has got a good beard on him as well. So that's the reason why I just can't see him being stopped. But I can see him maybe a late stoppage. But I think I'd rather go with points. I think points is probably the safe bet if there is one. Um, But no, Usyk's got no danger in this fight. But Isaac Chamberlain was basically saying to me that he's been knocking out sparring partners, you know. So... If Usyk's knocking out sparring partners in the gym, then I can only imagine what he's going to be like when they let him loose on Saturday night against Marco Huck, who, as I've said, has definitely seen better days. But that's it from Berlin, Germany. It's great to see this tournament's actually taking place. It's great to see that this is the first fight to to kind of kickstart it all. But for me, it's not a very exciting one. I think it's going to be pretty one-sided. Moving over now to Kazakhstan at the Saryaka Velodrome in Astana. I think I pronounced that pretty well, actually. Um, one fight to mention over here: Kanat Islam, twenty-four and O. He puts his WBO NABO Super Welterweight title on the line, and also the WBA Intercontinental Super Welterweight title on the line as well. So he puts two belts on the line against the undefeated Brandon Cook, eighteen and O. Brandon Cook is a name I'm not familiar with, but Kanat Islam, he's kind of been doing his thing under the radar a little bit. As I said, 24-0, both men undefeated. That should be a good fight. That's gone massively under the radar, by the way. It'd be good to see what happens there in Kazakhstan. Moving over now to Poland. Um, one fight or two fights to mention on this bill. Krzysztof Zimnoch, 22-1 with one draw. Um, Zimnoch is a guy that, you know, he's, he's a heavyweight. He's only six foot three. He's the guy that recently stopped Michael Grant in April of this year. Um, he's also beaten Marcin Rakowski. He's beaten Konstantin Erich, a former opponent of of Anthony Joshua. Um, he he lost one fight to a guy to a guy called Mike Mollo. That's the only loss on his record. He got stopped in the first round. He then had a rematch with Mike Mollo, and Mike Mollo actually quit after six rounds. So that was quite impressive. He you know he wiped the slate clean there. He's also been in there with a very old and ancient Oliver McCaw as well. Um, that was back in 2013, um, and he, he didn't really win that big. It was an eight-rounder. He, he literally won it by a point or two, so that was a bit worrying. But he takes on Joey Abel here on Saturday. Joey Abel, a man that 
is the kind of guy that he either stops you or he gets stopped. He's 33 and 9. 33 wins, 31 knockouts. And of the nine losses, he's been knocked out seven times. I remember Tyson Fury knocking him out in one of those first shows at the Copper Box, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think I was even there that night. So, yeah, um, you know, Joey Abel comes. He's got a good bang on him, but Zimnot should get the job done, really. Also on that bill as well, Albert Sosnowski, the guy who is, you know, he's a Polish man. He was in he was in prize fighter and randomly he lives if I'm not mistaken I'm sure he lives in Red Hill or something like that really strange his record 49 and 8 with two draws he takes on a man called Lucas Rosansky now Albert Sosnowski's been looking for this 50th win for ages it seems like he's been on 49 wins forever um you know, so all the very best to him. But as I say, look at his record. When you see that record in there with a, with a man who's only six and zero, it does look pretty strange. Sosnowski has, well, I got it wrong actually. He got a win last year um, in May of last year. He got a win. That was his, that was his, uh, that was his forty ninth win. So he's looking for win number fifty against this guy here, Rosansky. There's nothing on him being a being a good amateur or anything. He's 31, so he you know he had a late start to his career here. Turned pro in 2015. That should be a decent fight, to be honest, for Polish standards anyway. Um, this is another example where the Box Hard podcast literally mentions these fights that other podcasts overlook. They don't see them. They don't know about them. We do it all. We cover it all all over the place, from the UK to the rest of the world, worldwide, in the depths of Mexico, in the beaches of Brazil, in the rainforests of Colombia, or just simply in York Hall, Bethnal Green. We are everywhere. And talking of York Hall, the next card to mention is happening at York Hall, Bethnal Green this Saturday. One fight to mention on the bill. There's a load of guys on the bill. No disrespect for not mentioning these guys, but there's one man on there that's a special someone to us. There's one man on there that was on our show last week, of course. Leon McKenzie, 8-1 and one with one draw. He fights for the vacant Southern Area Super Middleweight title against Cello Renda. As I said on last week's show, we spoke to Leon McKenzie pretty much in depth, really, for a good 20-odd minutes. And I said, you know, Cello Renda, um, you know, he's been in there with the likes of Paul Smith and um, Martin Murray and the rest of these guys. So he's very experienced. He's definitely the more experienced guy. It's a 10-rounder. And we are definitely behind Leon McKenzie to pick up the W. Moving over now to the StubHub Centre, Carson, California. There's a lot of action this weekend. There really is. It's the rematch that we've all been waiting for. It is Wisaxil Wangek, also known as... Um, as Rungsavai, the man that got the win over Roman Gonzalez, the Thai international. They're having a rematch. It's good that it's been an immediate rematch. It's good to see this. And this is Roman Gonzalez's chance here to right the wrong. Um, with Saxil Wangek, 43-4 and four with one draw. Roman Gonzalez, 46-1. and one. Um, You know, it's great to see the rematches back on, first and foremost. Especially um, not too long after the first match. Um... We know, as that Wangek, you know, he looked so much bigger than Roman Gonzalez in the first fight. And he's, again, he's going to look so much bigger. And when he got the, uh, you know, he, he got the, he opened up the cut, really, didn't he, on, on Chocolatito's face. That was when it all kind of went wrong for him. How do you see the second fight playing out? Who have you got winning this one? And, and if so, by which method? Uh, oh, this is a very tough one. I'll tell you something, right? The last one was very, very close. Some people had Roman Gonzalez when some people had the, had the champion win. 
I'll tell you something. In the first fight, if Roman Gonzalez didn't get the cut, which he struggled in that fight because of the cut, I reckon he would have won the fight. Um, if I, if obviously, he's going to be coming in as the underdog, so I'm going to have to go for Roman Gonzalez win on points. Yeah, I think I'll probably go with that as well. I can't really see him stopping this um, this guy. I think the, you know, Wang Gek or, or Rung Survive, whatever you want to call him, I think he's very tough. Um, I don't really think that Roman Gonzalez's powers really carried up too great through the weights, especially at Superfly here. Um, but yeah, I'm certainly behind Roman Gonzalez. I really like him. I was gutted when he lost that first fight. But let's talk about the records there. Rung Savai or Wang Gek, 43-4 with one draw. Roman Gonzalez, 46-1. That one loss coming to Rung Savai. This is the rematch. He can right the wrong. Also on this bill, Juan Francisco Estrada, 35-2, takes on Carlos Cuadras. That really could potentially be fight of the weekend there. That's a 12-rounder. There's no silverware on the line at all. But I'm telling you, it does not need it. Both men, um, you know, really, really good fighters. Let's let's be honest. Um, Juan Francisco Estrada, thirty-five and two. Carlos Quadras, thirty-six and one. In my opinion, I think it's going to be fireworks. I think this fight is going to be a great, great fight, um, a war, if I have to say so. Also on the bill as well, Naoya Anue. His record thirteen and oh, he puts his WBO World Super Flyweight title on the line against Antonio Nieves, seventeen and one with two draws. Uh, it's going to be good to see a new way out again, um, but realistically, I think it's it's probably an easy win for him for me. That's it for the StubHub Center, and now moving over to the final card to mention. There's only one fight on this bill. If I'm not mistaken, it might be happening on Sunday. I think it's happening on Sunday. It's at the Emerald Queen Casino. Sounds good that place. That's in Tacoma, Washington, USA. One fight to mention on the bill. Mike Gavronsky, 23-2 with one draw, takes on Brian Vera, 26-11. I thought we'd mention that. Brian Vera, for some reason, he gets mentioned on this show so many times, and really, I'm not even sure he deserves to be getting all the mentions. I suppose the fight with Andy Lee probably gets him gets him the mentions that he gets but that's really it from the previewing we've done the reviewing we did the tiny little piece of news we had of course uh, jake ball on earlier then we did the funny name bite-sized fighter segment just a little bite size for you there just to close out the week and also we brought you the previewing part we've tried to go through it as quick as possible my apologies if it's been a little bit long winded it's, it's been my fault i I've been known to talk. Right, that's it. Before we end the show, of course, there's one last thing to do. Before we end the show and before we close out part two, there's one last thing. It's, of course, to welcome guest number two. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the undefeated super featherweight prospect, Mr. Archie Sharp. Archie, how you doing, my friend? Welcome to the show once again. Yeah, I'm well, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on again, mate. It's always my pleasure, my friend. It always is. So the last time we spoke, Arch, it was just after your last fight before last, actually. It wasn't the last one, just the one before that. Um, but talking about your last fight, you, you recorded another stoppage win, this time against Norbert Kalukza in the first round by a body shot. So that marks two body shot stoppages in a row for you now. It was a short fight, obviously, but what did you make of it? Yeah, very short fight. Um i tell you the truth, I wasn't expecting that, to be honest with you. The, the fella come in, as you know, he went the distance with Boy Jones, um, and he was supposed to take me to the distance of himself. But uh, I just ended up catching him with a good shot, and I just finished the fight, mate. Do you know what I mean? I was working on body shots, I'm working on my stroke form. It's obviously paying off now, like you say, two, 
two on the spin, or three stoppages on the spin now, I think it is. Yeah, I think, well, I'm not sure if it's, is it three by body shots? I know it's definitely two. It might be three. I could no, 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 definitely two. Yeah, definitely two by body, the left hook to the body, definitely two. Wicked, wicked. Good stuff, my man. I was going to get the measuring stick out and mention Boy Jones going the distance with him, but you did that, so uh, that saves me the job. <laughs> and also, Archie, in that in that last fight, I, I know it was only, as you say, it was, you know, it was only inside a round. It didn't take you long to get rid of him, but I saw you going into Southport. Is that something you've been working on? Um, I've well, tell the truth, I'm left handed fighter anyway, so from day dot I've always been a southpaw fighter. Um huh. for some reason when I was a youngster I just ended up getting changed to orthodox and I've always been able to box southpaw and orthodox. But lately, okay. yeah, I've been definitely working on my southpaw a lot. I've been sparring doing six to eight rounds straight off as a southpaw, so I'm getting used to being constant southpaw. Um, just working on it, just making it stronger. Wicked, man. wicked, wicked. Good to hear. That's very promising. So, of course, this time around, you're fighting on another world title undercard, Billy Joe Saunders undercard on September 16th. It's going to be your first eight round of this fight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, that's correct, mate. My first, um, my first eight round fight this is, yeah. You looking forward to that? Yeah, mate. I'm buzzing, mate. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. The journey's like, picking up now, mate, and every fight I'm looking more and more forward to um, so yeah, so uh, this eight rounder out of the way, and that put me on on track for something there at all. Now I want to ask you something, and here you're going to have to be pretty honest with me with this question. Um, as you said there, I think it's, it's three stoppages on the bounce, two beautiful body shot finishes as well. Um, this is, as we said, your first eight rounder. Preferably, would you like to go the distance and bank those eight rounds, or would you like to get another stoppage and carry on with the, uh, you know, the back-to-back stoppages, the impressive stuff? Um, to tell the truth, mate, I, like I say, that last fight, I was definitely not expecting that. As, as I say, as a durable fella, I was not expecting that. Um, if the stoppage is there, I will take the stoppage. Uh, doing the eight rounds, would it help? Yeah, of course it would. All the rounds help all the time. You know I mean? all, they always help. And like I say, get me ready for a 10-rounder and hopefully in November. But, um, mate, i just take it as it comes. If it's there, I'll finish the fight. But, yeah, I won't be going looking for it. And tell the truth, I haven't gone looking for the other stoppages either. They've, I've kind of had in my mind I'm going the distance. And if I see the taking, then I'm going to take it. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely right. I've I've seen that for you. I've seen you. You, you don't rush in. I've seen you. Uh, you know, take your time, stay composed, and the right shot has just has just came came for you, and you've took it like you said. Um, do you know who you're fighting at this stage or not? Um, I've been given an opponent. Yes, um, Budapest, from Budapest again. I, I believe so. Um, off the top of my head, right now, I haven't got the name with me. I tell the truth, I haven't even looked, mate. I've had about eight opponents for this fight already. So um, I have had the opponent come through. It has been confirmed by the board. It has been copied and pasted over to my trainer, and I have not looked at a, not looked at a thing. I know he's got a winning record with a few stoppages. Um, hasn't been stopped much himself. And he come, apparently he's tough, comes to fight, and he comes to win. So we'll see. Like I say, once it, next week I'll have a little butchers on the old internet but other than that man I'm not really too fussed to be honest with you Good stuff, man. Good stuff. And also, I see that recently, and I know that you've sparred quite a few good guys anyway, even uh, when, you was, when you was an amateur, you were sparring good guys. But recently, I see that you've been sparring Joe Caldina. You did a few rounds of him. How did that go for you, Arch? Yes, I've done six threes with Joe Caldina uh, last, was it last? Yeah, a week or two ago. And for the previous fights, Martin Ward. But Joe Caldina, good kid. 
Uh, I believe he's going up to lightweight now, as I see the other day. Um, but yeah, very good kid. Oh, very good amateur as well. Come from a good background. Beat some good kids. We've actually beaten uh, same sort of kids as was going through um, going through the rankings as, as amateurs. But uh, like he's got a couple of years on me anyway. But no, good kid. It'll go for a good spa. Very enjoy- enjoying it. And there'll be a lot more spa with me and Joe called in, in the future, definitely. Yeah, good to hear, man. Good to hear. And also, as you all know, the same night as you, um, over in the States, also on Box Nation, for that matter, Triple G versus Canelo. Who wins that one, Arch? We've been asking yes. everybody. Everybody's split. What, how do you see it? Oh, uh, mate, it's a complete 50-50 fight. I am going to go with Canelo Alvarez. Um, I think he might just outbox Canelo, um, Triple G. Uh, but yeah, very good fight. Like I say, very 50-50 fight down the middle. Um, but I am swaying towards Alvarez in a minute. At one point, it was Triple G, then Alvarez. But no, definitely, I'm definitely going to um, back my money on Alvarez this time. Yeah, everybody's split, man. Every single person I ask that, nobody's quite sure, you know? Everybody, no, nobody's quite sure on it. Even, um, you know, the, the the two faces of Box Nation, if you like, Steve Bunce and Barry Jones, they've got complete polar yeah. opposite opinions as well. So, yeah. Uh, very interesting. Right, anything that you want to say at all just before I let you go? Anything at all, Arch? Uh, well, just like to say thanks to everyone, mate. Uh, obviously, my sponsors, Gary, Noel, Duncan, um, Vineyard. There's, there's loads of people I need to thank, mate. Do you know what I mean? I could be here all night. Obviously, my, definitely my fans because they, uh, they're coming out every time. We're having a good crowd, a good ticket. MTK have been really good. Warren's been really good. Um, so yeah everything's, everything's going well thanks man I just want to say thanks to everyone here who's, who's supporting excellent stuff right listen Arch it's always a pleasure speaking with you my friend thank you for giving us a bit of time and of course we'll catch up after your win um, next weekend of course yeah no thanks very much and like I say thanks for having me on mate so it's good to be it's good to be in, in the loop with everyone and uh, yeah, like I say thanks very much for having me on Archie Sharp there. Right, just before we wrap up the show, I will say we recorded this show earlier on in the week and um, the ending of the show, I'm recording that now, this is now Wednesday, but we recorded the show, or most of the show anyway, on Monday. So when we did the news, there was barely anything to talk about, but there's been loads of things, as I'm sure you'll all know, in the past couple of days. So I just want to touch on those things. Um, I'm not with Ayers at the moment. He's not with me, so we're not going to be able to discuss them, but we will discuss them on next week's show. But just to run through what's actually been announced, I'm just going to run through it now. Um, ITV, of course, have been named as the TV channel, the terrestrial channel, um, to be showing the World Boxing Super Series tournament. I'm not quite sure if it's going to be both cruiserweight and super middleweight, but I'd imagine it will be. Some fights will be shown on ITV4, some fights will be shown to my understanding on ITV box office mainly probably I'm guessing the the Chris Eubank fights perhaps maybe Jamie Cox and George Groves will have to wait to see for that announcement there but ITV will be the channel that are taking the rights to the WBSS and also Joshua Anthony Joshua of course will be taking on his mandatory Kubrat Pulev on the 28th of October of course in Cardiff so that fight we all kind of knew it was going to be happening it's now been formally announced that fight will be happening on Sky Sports box office and an undercard fight for that one is Cal Yafai he will be defending his world title against Sho Ishida again we'll talk more about this on next week's show and also the final thing to announce or you know 
talk about on the, on the news that we that the second part of the news if you like on October the 20th so the week before the Joshua fight I think it's actually on a Friday night as well in the Indigo at the O2 um UK TV are putting on a card. I think that's some kind of freeview channel. They're putting on a card, and it's actually going to be the debut promotional card for David Hay and Richard Schaefer's Ringstar Promotions outfit. You know, the Haymaker Ringstar Promotions banner. Um, they will be putting on their first promotional card that's going to be on UK TV and topping that bill Joe Joyce the Olympian makes his debut against Brixton's very own tough guy Ian Lewison and that's a humongous humongous fight for your debut that's a really really good fight there I'm very much looking forward to that one right but that closes up the show that wraps everything up it's now time to conclude episode 99 I've been your host Joey Coastman I as summer has been with me He's, of course, the elusive, ever-elusive, hard-to-find Mr. Sumra. Also, I'd like to thank our two guests on this week's show, Archie Sharp and Jake Ball. One prospect from the Eddie Hearn stable, one prospect from the Frank Warren stable. That's how we like to do it sometimes on this show. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast. Please remember, if you do get a little bit of time to leave us a review on iTunes, it will be much appreciated. Okay, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you again next week.